Hello and welcome to the Locals Only Bruh podcast brought to you by Sound of Hope Recordings, where you bring the music, we bring the hope. Whoa, my God, guys. I have an awesome guest on this week's episode for you. It is Josh Cruz from the band Cold 43. Um, if you don't know, Cold 43 hails from Los Angeles, California. They've been going at this for so long. And the reason I'm so excited, I, I've i been listening to them since 2009. You'll, you'll hear how I found out about them. And it's actually a pretty cool story. I, I think a few of my friends know and my girlfriend knows, but that's and my parents but that's really it um it's just it's a fun story to me i mean because like great because to me i mean i've been listening to these guys since 2009 like ever since i was in middle school oh god (laughs) i was in middle school this band made me feel so cool i never thought that those days would end jesus christ you're alone dude please don't copyright or sue me for using your lyric there (laughs) but for real like i've been listening to this band since middle school um i mean from their first album to now like yes they're pop punk and i don't do pop punk i do metalcore post-hardcore that like i do the core stuff um so i mean i don't pull any influences from pop punk but like this band i i pull like I would like to say, like, they're some inspiration for me because, I mean, like, their energy and just their willpower and getting to actually, I, I wouldn't say get to know them because it's only been, like, an, it was, like, an hour conversation that we had. But, like, just hearing Josh's, like, look out on the scene and everything like that, like, it's, it's as you can tell, I'm, I'm, like, I'm ranting, I'm stuttering, I'm still starstruck. Like, this conversation happened two weeks ago, and I'm still literally just just starstruck about it like this is literally so cool to me i mean this is on tier on the andrew deneff episode where you know it's someone i've been listening to for so long and just have so much respect and pride for that i'm grateful that you know agreed to come on and talk to me for an hour about random things and music but let's get into this episode um the song at the end of this episode that's gonna play it's called sticks it was a new sound that Cold 43 was going for. And the coolest thing, it was unreleased. This is going to be like the first like massive release of the song. And it's such a good song. Like it's not normal Cold 43 like it, they went for a different sound on it. But let's get to the interview so you can hear this awesome song at the end. So here we go. So, for those who don't know, can I get you to introduce yourself and say the role that you do in Cold 43? So, uh, my name's Josh Cruz. I'm the other half of my brother Moses, and I play bass. And uh, I do some leads, but I sing a little bit, mostly backups. So, actually, I have a funny story for you. Um, the way I found out about you guys was uh-huh. years ago, dude. Like way back when blink 182 were doing the tour for their self-titled album bam um, was that dude that was your like i was in middle school and i'm 23 now so about 10 years ago maybe so you're talking are you talking about the reunion tour yeah like tom uh mark and travis it was them they're doing the self-titled album uh it, it came through new mexico where i'm from and i went i think it was like my second set- 
the the amphitheater that's in the in the mountain. Yeah, you saw the amphitheater. I remember. Um, I remember that day. Yeah. So. I didn't see you guys play or anything, but I distinctly remember this. I was there. We were at the end of the show. My parents and me, we walked out. And I don't know if it was you, your brother, or the drummer. But one of you guys came up to us and holding like a little CD player with headphones. Hey, yeah. we need we need some gas money. We were supposed to be on the tour, but we missed the opening set for this. Uh, yeah. We just need gas to get to the next town. If you wouldn't mind listening to the CD and, you know, if you like it, $5. So I took the headphones and I was like, Mom, Dad, this is awesome. Can we get the CD? It's $5. So they yeah. gave you gave you guys five hey, was bucks. The, was, was it a real CD or was it a burned? No, it was a burned one, dude. I still oh. have it somewhere in my shelf. It's a, It was like in a little paper sleeve yeah. and it just said C43 from <laughs> straight from the garage to your speakers. Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, this is what, 2000 and I'm going to like say 2009 maybe? 2009, I think. I still have the shirt, so I think it's 2009. Okay, so at that time, you know, our label would give us like 100 CDs, right, to sell. Okay. And so we would... I mean, we didn't know at the time how fast we would be able to sell them, but I mean, we could sell them really fast if we pushed it really hard. So, a hundred CDs, we could sell them probably like in two days, and it was such a headache to get them to give us like, because we would like, if you send us a thousand, we'll sell a thousand. And they were like, no, we'd rather do a hundred because we don't want you to risk. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're, they're they, trying to do a safe bet. They weren't sure if we could do it, but then every two days we'd be bugging them. So eventually, it became a thing where. We would sell the hundred, and then we wouldn't have anything to sell, and we would have to have gas money or whatever to get to the next place. That that we ended up having to uh, burn our own, which was like not a good thing for you know for the label, but that was the only way we could do it to survive. Yeah, of course. But like, I just thought it was so funny because like you know all these years ago, I I distinctly had this memory in my head too. It's just I got this bird CD, and I was like. I wonder if this guy was actually part of this band or if we got scammed. <laughs> and then, like, fast forward to my sophomore year in high school, I saw you guys at Warp Tour. Yeah, because what we used to do is we would break up into groups of two or three. That way we could, you know, I, I, I get more people. Yeah. So, I don't know if I was the one who sold it. It could have been anybody. Yeah, I don't. I did. I wish I knew who it was or, like, remembered a name or anything. But all I remember is just that experience. And, like, I was, I was talking to my friends today and I was like, this is kind of like coming full circle. I met them randomly in a parking lot, fell in love with their music, and now I get to interview them on my podcast. Like, I, I'm stoked. <laughs> uh, did you ever see us at Warp Tour? I saw you guys my sophomore year at Warp Tour. It was right when uh, Pop Drunk came out. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I heard some girl screaming, Cold 43, and I was like, I, I know that name. Oh, and so yeah. I walked over. Th- huh? Yeah, I didn't even know you guys were on it. And so I walked over and I was like, "Hey, uh, you said Cold Forty Three. I they they have that one album, you know, straight from the garage to your speakers, right?" And they're like, "Yeah, they just put out this brand new one. It's called Pop Drunk. Instantly, just bought it right then and there. Didn't even like have to like, hear a single. Just bought it because uh, uh, the first CD was so good, dude. <laughs> yeah, that one had the hundred dollar bail. That was a yeah. One. See, I." Honestly, hundred dollar bill. I love the video for it, but I think the real like single off that album is Porn Star. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to be a porn star. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, I'm sorry. That was our uh, our L.A. thing again. Back to our L.A. thing. Back to your L.A. roots, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. 
I've been trying to find, you know, straight from the garage to your speakers on like yeah. Apple Music and stuff like that, and I can't find it. Dude, I can't even find it on iTunes anymore. What's the story with that? Uh, uh, you know, we, we signed a, a very tiny deal with an independent label. Um, long story short, the label folded because, well, you know, we were pretty much the only thing that label had as far as doing anything, you know, uh, but being a, being in a label like that, they, 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 the the guy who ran it didn't have experience with, you know, with like, cause you know, Victory and uh, Fearless and, uh, and all these other I- labels. They don't have to put in a lot of money, but they do have to put in some, and 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 they do have to trust, like the instincts of the band. So like that didn't happen, you know. Like the guy, you know, it's his, it's his, it was his label, you know, his business. So you know, you can't really tell people what to do with their own money too much. You can only offer them, you know, ideas and stuff. And so the label folded, and so when the label folded, the guy pretty much, you know, he had control of what was uh, on the iTunes and stuff. So he, uh, uh, you know, he took it off. So we never, we never were able to, to put it back up. Now with pop drunk, I, I finalized like little tiny deals where we can get it re-released through another label where they didn't have to worry about anything because it was already recorded. And all it was is to just kind of keep us relevant. Um, but uh, my brother spoke with uh, Apple uh, and iTunes or whatever uh, maybe about a month ago and you know we're gonna basically we're gonna re-upload everything again because uh you know well this it, you know it takes us into the next part of the story which was like after we did warp tour 2012 uh we were burned out I mean up to you know from 2000 and actually the year before 2008 till 2012 we were on the road eight months out of the year so it's just like anything we just got burned out and so we needed a break but what we didn't know at the time was that break was going to be like a four-year five-year break (laughs) yeah because like i honestly i keep like i was kept checking your apple music stuff just to see you know if a single was coming i was like god i hope these guys haven't broken up or anything like that i was like this was really good pop punk music It, it was fun it was catchy yeah we we've i mean the the thing about our band is is that well it's me and my brother are stuck together we do a lot of things together he's the singer i'm the bass player so as far as two-thirds of the band that'll you know the band really doesn't stop because we don't really break up like if the only thing that would happen to cold 43 was that we just didn't want to play anymore and that happens to some bands you know yeah of course but see we like to play so we already have songs because we have a lot of experience and we did a lot of things so it was never a case of not wanting to play. It was just a case of like, what are we doing with our lives kind of thing. And then our drummer, Ricky James, you know, got married, had kids and that's life happens. That's what happens. Um, but we never stopped playing. So we never broke up. It's just that we just didn't do anything. We were, I guess that's what you would call a band being on hiatus. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. But, um, yeah, here we are, you know, I, but I, now I see some activity on your guys' Facebook and everything like that. It looks like you guys are playing shows again. Yeah, yeah, we went through. I was trying. So, you know, when you, when you haven't played for as long as you did, uh, luckily I still had contacts in some some parts, some states. So I just hit everybody up. So this in the, I would say around June, July, August, around August of last year, 
Because <laughs> we played, I think, one show in 2013. Oh, no. At the end of Warped Tour, we played at the end of 2012. Then we played one show in 2013, one show in 2014, and I think one in 2015. And it was like an acoustic one. So from 15, I mean, we were, we were, and the thing is that, you know, nobody knows about these things. Why would they? But we rehearsed like six times a year, you know, so we weren't really doing anything, but we still would get it together and practice, you know, and kind of like, you know, mess around or whatever. But in uh, August, we were like, my brother's like, you know what? If you don't book it, we're never going to play it. So what I did is I just booked a small tour for December of last year, 2018. I just booked it because at that point, you're kind of committed. Yeah, like it, it, once it, once like, you know, like the flyers and everything come out, it's like, oh, God, we actually have to do this. And not show up because then yeah, never again will anybody want to like, you know, mess with you or be like oh these guys are you know they're flaky yeah they're they're flakes let's not work with them if that happens yeah so we once i booked it it basically because the way you know we work me and my brother is once something is set in motion it it can't be stopped and we we make it happen so we know we had a we had a truck we put a hitch on it we rented a u-haul trailer we brought we dusted off all our gear (laughs) <laughs> uh, and not our guitars because my guitar my bass and my you know our guitars we well we use them but our amps my yeah. bl- my brand new amp i got spot we got sponsored by mesa boogie in 2011 and i used that amp my ba- my bass amp for one tour and i because for warp tour we didn't have to because they have everything mm-hmm. so uh we used it for one tour uh actually yeah yeah and we never used them after that. So my amp sat in storage for five years. Wow. That kind of like, obviously that gave it longevity, you know? Yeah. I used not have to go out and buy like brand new amps or anything oh. like that. <laughs> yeah. And it was crazy because we, we got out there and, you know, you forget something as simple as like picking up your amp and, oh my God. I was like, whoa, okay. It was like, <laughs> this, you know, five we were younger five years ago so you know we pick up our amps now and they're like they weigh a ton and so <laughs> that was fun. but you know what after like a few days of doing it after a few days of doing it um we were like uh if you can't see me i got a call coming in but i don't want to hit the button because uh it'll reset it but anyway okay. uh yeah <laughs> busy man uh after a few days of doing it you know we got our arms back and everything was cool and stuff like that but yeah, we, we did the shows in December. We didn't know what to expect. And I don't know, man. It was, I don't know. It's like when you step away from something and you come back to it, it's just, it's like, it's like being born again. You know, it's like going back to high school and like, oh, you know, but it's for real. <laughs> but it's for real because you're like actually playing in front of people. And we played in uh, in Phoenix with Anissa, you know, I Set to Kill. Yeah. We played a show with her in Phoenix at a place called The Trunk Space. It was a very artsy venue, but it was awesome. Um, kids came out, you know. Uh, I, you know, we, we did the the old, uh, you know, we put ourselves in the middle. We booked locals, and the locals closed the show. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, Houston. It was a place called House of Jay. It was a house, literally, in East Side Houston, and uh, we played with some of the really good. The the Houston newspaper out there does pieces on like the really good local bands and so we know we know basically the scene there we played a great show it was packed like 200 people in a house show so you know that could be insane uh then we played a couple of bars in arkansas and in uh missouri 
small towns, but places we were familiar with. Again, good locals, so they packed out. So it was awesome, man, and it got the blood flowing again, and we we're so excited to play, and it was incredible. And, um, you know, and that was it. My brother, and you know, my brother's the type of guy, he's, he's like, once he's committed, he pushes it. So we're, we're, we're in the process right now of saving money for a van. Uh, we're looking for booking agents and you know, obviously we're gonna start hitting up the contacts that we know and we're looking at doing probably the same run in July that we did in December, but we're looking to do real touring at the end of the year because you know you have to book these things six months in advance for them to be good. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's it, man. We're, we're gonna buy a van. We have the gear. We might you know up, we're gonna upgrade a few things, but we're gonna buy a van and we're gonna get back in it again. We're we have a song. I don't know if you ever heard a song called Sticks. Well, mm, I, I don't think I have. I sent it to you. Oh, is it is it the one that you sent? It's the one that I sent. Now, that song was never released. We put it on little download cards for Warp Tour in 2012, but we never sold it. We never put it up on iTunes, nothing. So it was very limited. It was like a very limited thing. So, uh, you know, that was kind of the direction that we were going into, but it was still, you know, upbeat and stuff. Yeah. But... And, you know, I don't know if you're going to be able to play it on your podcast, um, but like that's kind of what we're doing. But we're not like just sticking to one thing. We're just kind of jamming on. It's still pop. pop still kind of sound like pop. But uh, we're trying a few things. And, uh, you know, it's like every band, you know, we I don't know. You hear like um, Bring Me the Horizon, all these bands, they start to adapt. You yeah, know, definitely. To, like, I mean, change is inevitable. Change. Yeah, because uh, like Kevin from you know evolve or die yeah you know that's like the one music look at fallout boy look at blink maybe fallout boy became a little too you know they're like super arena rock they they went straight radio rock they put down the guitars and they picked up the samplers bro yeah and i'm not i mean i'm not i'm a i'm a fan of anybody's music and like i like bands no matter what and i'd rather see them playing than not just for the sake of of bands being out there yeah you know like I wanted, like, and I know this is gonna sound weird. I don't know if you've heard this, but bands on Warp Tour really, bands on Warp Tour really wanted Five Seconds of Summer to 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 hit because huh. be, I, this is not something that's like out there. But like, yeah, I don't know in two thousand and fifteen or whatever, you know, Yellow Card took them out. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those bands let them sing, even the newer band, uh, All Time Low, all them bands, try to help them out because they were like the next, like, they, you know, they were starting to be like this big as One Direction, but they were playing instruments and they were playing kind of pop punk, you know? Except yeah, that they, they, were, they, they were literally just the actual, like, pop punk version of One Direction. Yeah, exactly. So we were thinking, like, if we can get a band like that to hit, it would definitely rejuvenate the genre. It doesn't matter if it didn't sound exactly. But what that does is like it kicks the 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 scene in the ass. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It, it kind of gives everyone like, hey, if I can, if this band can do it, we can do it. Exactly, and then that was the thing. You know, that was the thing with with us where it was just like, you know, we we felt like that was a chance, that 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 was something we could do, but I think like you know because it didn't happen. Like you know, everyone's always talking about oh, there's no bands. I mean, you know, like state champs and. Uh, what is it? Uh, Major League, like those bands are cool. Title fight and stuff like that. But you know, but I don't know. It's cool. Like I think pop punk is like strong. 
people there's a scene for it you know what i mean like yeah like it definitely over like the i want to say the past like two three years maybe it's definitely been making like this weird rejuvenated comeback and mm-hmm. i don't know if it was because blink 182 released california and yeah. everyone like refound their love for it or you know what what rejuvenated it? i'm not too sure but it definitely is something that's coming back and that's what happens to bands like nobody knows what we feel or what we think you know and um and nobody knows what we feel or what we think and so like it's a strange thing where like people are always like how do you know what gets the band going or what kicks the band in the ass yeah and uh, um and so we're always thinking like like so me and my brother will we'll be listening to like these new bands or like we watch you know like everybody else, we start watching YouTube and we start watching like interviews and it's just, it, it does rejuvenate you. It makes you feel like alive again when you hear certain things. So, I mean, I love Blink-182. That's the number one reason Cold 43 even exists. I, I wouldn't say I'm super pumped with that. I like Alkaline Trio also. So there yeah. is no, there is nothing. First of all, we're, you know, our, we're not like the type of people that are people are reading about like oh i wonder what cold 43 is thinking i mean nobody cares but at the same time you know if anybody did hear because people know that this band loves blink so much but i don't know i just you know as far as like the tom DeLong not being there it's kind of like for me like not the same you know yeah no um, definitely I, especially because i, I, I think they're they're playing I, all of uh enema of the state and i'm like yeah that's, that, that's weird tom tom needs to be in this I know, and you know what? I feel like they're. I think Mark is just sick of Tom's shit, but at the same time, I think he knows that Tom is like associated with Blink. Like they, people get older and they get and they get wiser, you know. Yeah. And and so like, it's. I think all that bullshit goes out the window because the first time they re- you know, they got back together, everyone was so happy. But then Tom kind of did the same thing where he's like, yeah, yeah, it's great, but I still got stuff to do. You know, which is yeah, about like, he had uh, his what uh, to the stars academy. He he had commitments to Angel and Airwaves. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm thinking that that what's happening is that I don't know. Like, with these like like I said, it just like certain things like get you going or whatever. But for Cold Forty Three, and you know, we just you know we just wanted to play. We want to get the live show thing is still always going to be a thing for us. You know, that's the fun part. The live we don't have high expectations of doing anything like grandiose or whatever we just want to play that's it and people like pop pop punk and you know what the shows that we played people were into it and you know i want to i think 80 percent of the shows that we've played so far have been with metal bands that's funny and and even then like the kids or where did we play oh we played in tulare a couple days ago i'm sorry a couple weeks ago with a band from uh from riverside or something and the guys were a metal band and you know the even the venue was like a metal band venue and stuff and the guy was like telling me he goes you know i don't like pop punk but i really like what you guys do so you know you know and so that's it like you know we 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 have this thing going on and stuff like that and uh and and people seem to like it and we still have the same energy if you saw us play you know we never had like the funny blink 182 humor but we definitely have that in our dna as yeah, well. like you guys, like when I saw you guys live at Warped, like you guys had kind of like uh, newfound glory energy, like just running around the stage, yeah. doing all these like pop punk jumps and all yeah. that other stuff. Still do that, and you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, five years of not playing, you're 23 years old, so you don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
for five years of not playing, you uh, uh, there's a thing called weight, and you gain it. <laughs> and I'm oh, not dude, like... trust me, I I kind of know that. I haven't played in like I don't think I played a show in two or three years, and I put on like a hundred extra pounds since oh, my last show. All right, well there you go. So we put on, you know, you know, I don't know, maybe yeah, it's like I don't know how much, how many extra pounds, but we definitely put some on, and so. Uh, that was the only thing where, you know, you're out of breath a little bit and you're just kind of like, oh, man, I hope I can do this right. And so, um, so I don't know. It was cool. But, I mean, you know, like I said, we're, we're trying to do this thing right. We're trying to get back into it. We're trying to make sure that, that the next time we play a show, it's, uh, you know, people are, are impressed or whatever it is that they need to be, you know, just to, so that they know that we're trying to work hard because we didn't want to make it. And, I, again, I know that Cold 43 – you know, we have people out there that like us and they respect us and they always want us to like, you know, play or whatever. But at the same time, like, you know, we want to still be able to put on a good show, you know, even though, you know, it might not matter a lot. But we, you know, we want to put on a good show and want to make sure that people are like know that we're out there trying and we're trying to write good songs and we're trying to do our thing and do it right. Well, I mean, one thing too are you guys just aiming to play just shows or are there plans to go into the studio and track some new songs what what what's the deal with that are we going to hear new music from you guys soon hopefully well so yeah that's always the plan and that's always been the discussion with our band where like we um you know we feel we what well, because first of all we we never stop writing that never happens with a band like bands will always write songs and they'll always you know like have ideas and like again me and my brother we're always together so he'll be like hey i got this riff what can you play and then we've done it so we've actually so we're doing a few things that um how do i explain it so like we're trying to do like a thing where our band like we kind of want to start a record label sort of nothing you know i don't know how much my brother will want me to divulge or whatever but you know we've written some songs for some other people and and they've been good but at the same time like it's allowed us to write songs for ourselves so we have a couple of songs that we've written and but we haven't recorded anything officially yet because that's a whole other thing again you know when you if we if we're gonna do this right we're not gonna record songs for people on an ipad yeah of course you you need to go in and get it tracked professionally we're big proponents that when it comes to records you're going to sound like what you pay for. Now, some kids or some people are really, really good at recording things like that. You know, like, you're... oh, yeah, dude. I mean, with all the plugins and software out right now, I mean, yeah. you can just have a laptop, no monitors or anything, and you can make the best mix in the entire planet. Exactly. And you have a podcast. And so I don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, I know to, to one thing and I know how to play. Like, maybe if I learned, it would take, but, I, you know, at this point, I'm not really interested in. Learn. I don't have a studio, and again, you never know what'll happen. But yeah, we're gonna go in a studio. Uh, the studio where we, the studio where we recorded our previous songs was really good, but it's really expensive. Um, we have a couple of guys. We have um, a guy named David Baker. He's in South Carolina, so that obviously would involve a trip. Um, we have another guy, but he's in Long Beach, and he, you know the band Left Alone. Uh, I can't say I do. Yeah, hey, uh, well, so the guy, his name's Elvis Cortez. He plays guitar for the Transplants. Okay, I know that name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he plays guitar in that band, and uh, that dude, he 
has a guy and they, you know, but it's it's more of a punk rock label. So, you know, it would sound more punk rock. Now, the one thing about Pop Drunk that I'll tell you, and we never knocked anything. It was a good recording, but we just wish we would have been a little more, uh, we would have put our foot down a little more. And because we wanted to sound like a day to remember on that album and it didn't happen. Now, it sounded great and everything was cool, but it didn't. It didn't have that power that we wanted. You know what I mean? Like it didn't have like that really beefy low end and yes. kind of some. Ch- yeah. So when you say you wanted to sound like a day to remember, my question for you is: Do you mean in the sense of just like the huge beefy Andrew Wade sound, or do you mean like more of the writing style of maybe having some chugs and breakdowns in there? Uh, a little bit of both, because again, when I that song sticks that I sent you has the breakdown that has the screaming vocals. Yeah. And it wasn't something that we faking because, you know, when you start off as a punk band, you do that kind of stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our time on Warp Tour and our time on tour and our time performing with other bands, plus Ricky James, our drummer, was influenced by hardcore. You know, well, what was, yeah, hardcore, uh, you know, the scream stuff or whatever. And, you know, Suicide Silence and all that stuff. I never understood that music when I started to play because I was only like a Blink fan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, the screaming stuff, what it means. But then... I begin to understand that like, oh, there's like a thing to it and whatever. And, you know, and again, it's it's really shocking. And it's like I wish we would have been a little more, you know, we foreseen the future a little bit more because, you know, there was always bands like, you know, Alexis on Fire and, you know, yeah, the Hawthorne Heights, you know, even though they were a little whatever. Every, you know, and, and you know, we had an opportunity at that point to change that style. But pop punk is was our love. It was what we were into. You know what I mean? And so like and so like. Everything was cool, and we did a really good job. And um, we wanted to just make sure that that when it came to like that style of music, that we were like be true to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that was it. And especially because like at the time when you guys were on Warp Tour was back when the scene music, for lack of a better term, the scene music was really big. Like Woe Is Me, yeah, uh, Asking Alexandria. You were on Warp Tour with those guys, so of course you might pull some influences from these bands around you. Exactly, and that, yeah, and that's exactly what happened. And again, you don't know these things till they start happening. You know, I don't yeah. know, like you know what I mean. I hang around with, uh, you know, like whatever Chinese people. I probably started liking Chinese more. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, yeah, that was the that was the thing. It was just like we wanted, you know, like set your goals was cool because mm-hmm. see, those bands were punk rock, but they were definitely doing the screaming stuff incorporated. And believe it or not, I don't know, man, maybe I'm wrong or I'm off on this, but I mean, we were involved in the Los Angeles scene so long. When you get really deep into the L.A. scene, there's just like a thing for like the metal kids and the punk rock kids are just so devoted to what they like that screamo that's you know that's how people you know they either like that was either a derogatory thing or it wasn't i mean depending on what circles you're in and screamo was like looked as like not the thing because even i mean in our time when we were playing pop punk screamo was like oh we don't you don't do that it's gay you know what i mean (laughs) yeah that was the kind of talk you had to deal with or you didn't know you know so and, you know, the East Coast and the Midwest and those bands, they really had it together because they knew and they understood exactly what it is that, like, the scene was about. You know what I mean? And it wasn't until we got off our asses and got on Warp Tour 
that we realize like, oh, this is cool. Like this isn't like what the kids in LA or the skateboarders, because again, you know, there's a mixture, there's a fusion of like cultures in LA, but there's also a fusion of music. Like you can have literally cholo gangsters in LA that are into metal. Yeah, I mean, same thing here in New Mexico. Like, yeah, you can exactly. see the, you know, like these cholo guys walking down Central, and then all of a sudden, they're out jamming to freaking, like, Bring Me the Horizon or something like that. You know what? And yeah, you're right. New Mexico is very similar to L.A. in that way, where, like, the metal scene and the punk rock scene is, like, super Latino influence, from what I've noticed. Yeah, I mean, well, because down here, majority of us are Hispanic, so yeah. definitely but, have that <laughs> heritage. Music, if you could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I never, <laughs> by the way, I got to tell you something. I've never understood that, but hey, New Mexico, right? Yeah, dude, it's New Mexico. Like, I, I've lived here for 23 years. I don't, I still don't understand it, dude. But you like, when you're not, when you guys are born, do they like give you guys like green chili in a bottle? Dude, I honestly, I think so. Like, we just have like this weird, like affiliation for green chili. Like, and like my family members, for instance, some of them moved out to California and they, they send us money to send the yeah, actual yeah. gunny sacks full of chili to them dude or like uh what's the local tortilla company here grandma's tortillas they send us money and a briefcase to fill this suitcase up full of tortillas to send back to them i think the craziest part is you guys put green chili on your burgers dude or no that is so good <laughs> and for everyone listening it's not like this weird green chili that comes in a can no this is real roasted green chili that's the best Best flavor ever that you'll yeah, get. Yeah, hatch green chili. Hearing, anybody who's hearing this out there, if you go to New Mexico, you'll understand because it's like in LA. We I don't even know what we advertise like that. It's such a random thing that's only centralized to your part of the country. Yeah, like I, I mean, here we have like we have Blake's Twisters and green chili. That's what people <laughs> know for our food, really. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm trying to think what I I know about. LA or anything, maybe like In and Out. Yeah, but we're not fucking shoving In and Out in burritos. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you guys put green chili on everything. I'm telling Dude. you, you baptize your children. There's green chili on the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, yeah. We we really do put green chili on everything. Our our breakfast burritos, our our burgers. I mean, I've seen at the Isotopes, which is our little local. Um, minor league baseball team they sell like green chili hot dogs dude yeah oh my god we have a few places that have a certain things but yeah oh you know what we do have is uh, out here is we got these bacon wrap hot dogs oh that sounds good you know? yeah yeah you gotta see it man mexicans going wild with that thing around here <laughs> <laughs> don't worry dude. We'll, we'll stick our green chili in there we we never anytime we travel we have to take a little jar of green chili <laughs> To me, like, green chili on burgers is so normal. To hear you call it weird, I was just like, what does he mean, weird? You know, I, 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 let me rephrase. I, you know, I don't want to insult anybody. It's not weird. It's just it's odd. It's different. You know? No, like, I, I'm like now that I'm thinking about it from an outside perspective, yeah, I guess it's kind of weird. Like, why would you guys, like, why would we do that? So it's, like, stereotypical, you know, like, if you watch, but maybe not now because nowadays, you know, not really. But it's stereotypical to say that Latinos put hot sauce on everything. Yeah. You know? Okay, so... But for, like, take the New Mexico population, it's stereotypical for to, yeah. for us to put green chili on literally everything. I equated, like, it's like, I put tapatio on everything, and people are just like, dude, 
why are you putting that on there? It doesn't even go. I'm like, I don't know. I just need a little spice. So that's why I can relate with the green chili thing because you guys love green chili. Why not, right? Yeah. And for some reason, it's a, it's a weird flavor, but it tastes so good. Yeah. Yeah. So Anyway. That's... What else do you guys have going on with Cold 43? I mean, is it just planning for upcoming tours and just talking right now about how to get all the music tracked? Or is there anything else that you can divulge about? Like I said, it's just getting new songs isn't the issue. It's just finding a recording studio is the next thing. Uh, what do we want to do? I think what my brother wants to do is we're going to do, you know, rancid is doing this they're doing rancid is doing a three-month tour and they're okay. doing it only on weekends some bands huh. do that, i guess yeah yeah and that's, ca- that's like, kind of weird like it, it kind of reminds me of like misfits like uh i forgot what year it was but like they only toured in october to like for halloween it's spooky misfits yeah that's that's the thing so yeah so i think what my brother wants to do realistically see you know we're listen listen we're entrepreneurs so we have a lot of things going on in our personal lives but um, touring for us would probably be a, a, a every maybe every month we'd be out on the road for like a week, okay. or maybe or or actually no. So every for like a period of three months we'd be on the road two weeks, come home two weeks, road two weeks, come home two weeks. You know what I mean? So what do you guys do outside of music? I mean, obviously, you know, music isn't the best way to pay the bills for unless you're like super pop, but. So how do you what do you guys do outside of music to you know keep the funds going uh, and how would that work with touring because I know some jobs aren't cool with people you know up and leaving for like a month. Yeah, yeah. you know uh, the band set your goals. I go back to them. Great band, right? Yeah, really good band. Stop playing, right? And you know the reason for that. I don't want. I don't think it's a secret. It's just uh, they're not making any money. That's yeah. it. They're just not making any money. But those guys killed. You know, they're still playing the one of the Warp tours. Up, they're playing the Warp tour in a fucking in a Mountain View, the one of the three. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin Lyman will still put on, and they'll you know you go to their set times. They'll have like, you know, they'll, they'll, have, they'll a, have a huge crowd too. Like crowd, it's not like they ever stop yeah. drawing. Like people still go to watch and play live. But they don't make any money, and so like these dudes have to work. They have to do whatever they can. I know like bands like Four Years Strong, and again, this is on their Instagram, Four Years Strong. I think Alan, when he goes home, he sells Christmas trees or something, you know, or wow. something like that. And then uh, Joe, you know, most of the dudes in bands, they're all either tattoo artists or they're barbers. Barbers is a big thing. Um, yeah, they, and, they, they, their job is still like super creative. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And so, um, you know, everybody just does what they can. Now, for us, um, me and my brother have always been really good at uh, creating business kind of stuff. So, like, we started a marketing company that, you know, it does good for us. It's allowed us to, to keep on. Basically, we started a, a, we started a couple of companies. One of them is a is a marketing business, and the other one is a uh, is a hazardous cleanup company. You know, especially in a big city like Los Angeles, there's a big yeah. Market. I assume that would bring in a big big amount of customer bases. Yeah, it it will, and so that kind of stuff is easy for us, but it allows us the freedom to be able. And then we lift an Uber too sometimes. Okay. A lot sometimes a lot, but. Um, and these types of things for LA, like, you know, artists or people who are actors, you know, they lift an Uber all the time because it allows them the freedom to be able to go wherever they need to go and do whatever they need to do. You know, as, you know, I got an audition or I got a fucking, I got a rehearsal. I got to go, uh, you know, right. I got to go to the studio and you can, yeah, you can go from one place to another and there mm-hmm. is no, you know, there is no holding back. Like, oh, I got to go to a nine to five and I have to tell my boss, hey, can I go do this? And so. 
all these things living in this city has allowed us to to be able to do this where we're kind of going back to Cold 43 to play music for fun again where it became when we were doing those eight months out of the year it became really pressure and that was the only income we had and we were forced in a way not to play music but we were forced to be on the road almost to like i said to what is that eight times 30 it's 240 plus days of the year that's insane for that's, a, but that's we, wild dude you're living in a in a van i mean i ha- i learned how to take a shower in a parking lot with one towel you know well i re- i watched your guys's uh what what is that channel called like digital <laughs> tour bus thing and like i saw the way you guys like rigged your air conditioner with the yeah. like hasvac uh, oh, tunnel I, to get it all the way to the back to your bunks all those things first of all not i mean i'll tell you one thing in 2012 when we went to warp tour 2011 when we went to warp tour we were the only band that had that now there is you know the one thing about you know about mexicans is that we always figure things out <laughs> Do we always have to figure a way out to like make something easier for ourselves we will we will get there yeah so it was it was just one of those things where like we were like trying to, you know, just figure out a way to stay cool and stuff like that, and uh, and uh, you know, and people liked it, and and like you know, like I said, it was it was one of those things where, yeah, you just, you, I mean, you're on the road so long, you're basically all you're trying to do is survive, and you're trying to be as comfortable as possible, because if you're not comfortable enough, and you're with five to six other people for you know eight months, you're gonna kill each other. Oh, yeah, of course, especially, like, in a confined metal box like that, of course you will. Yeah, and even on a tour bus, when we were on a tour bus, again, you know, there was one tour bus. My brother was on a tour bus with, uh, I can't remember the bands, I can't remember the bands that he was on, because, you know, on Warped Tour, you can not, you don't have to be together, you can rent bunk spaces. Mm-hmm. And uh, one, one of the, well, his tour bus got strep throat, the whole bus. Oh, no. Yeah. And because the air and tour buses, people don't know, the air circulates inside of a tour bus. Okay. You know, and it's constantly going through the same filtration system, and it's gross when you think about it. Yeah, that's actually really nasty. Yeah, so he got strep throat. The whole <laughs> dude, that well, especially because like he has like a lot of the main vocal parts too. Yeah, well, so yeah. that would blow. Oh, we had our merch guy go up there. I sang. We had like guest vocals. Right. <laughs> uh, what was that one band? Uh, God, who was it? I can't remember. We had a couple of the guys from Ernie Ball stage go up and sing, and you know they did whatever they could and stuff like that. But that was it. You know, it was cool. But we got through. So, but that's it. That's it. As far as our band, that's we're not. You know, what we what we want to do is we just kind of want to start getting word out there that we're gonna start playing again. For anybody that cares, we're gonna start. You know, putting stuff out there. We're gonna shoot. We're gonna record new music. I don't have a date because that all depends on when we can get in the studio. We do have new songs. Uh, we will play new songs. Um, people did. People are coming out. Uh, we are. We do want to play New Mexico. Um, we do want to get out there. Uh, we, you know, we had good shows in Las Cruces. Um, if you need a promoter for Albuquerque, we, we can talk after we're done yeah, here, and I can definitely shoot you some contact information for the guy who's booking a lot of the shows out here now. Yeah. So that's what we want to do. So that's that's basically what I'm doing right now. I want to, you know, set up more. I'm doing as many interviews as I can, on for the sake of reaching out and, you know, getting out there. And, um, you know, uh, Warp Tour is not dead. You know, Warp Tour is one of those things where 
I don't I, think that thing like even though they're like, it's done being a cross country thing, I don't think yeah. it's ever gonna go away, dude. Like so many people grew up there that it can possibly never go away. My friends here. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the hand, I was like, Whoa <laughs> I have I have three hands. This is Monica, this is the beautiful Monica. Say hello. Hello, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we um, yeah, that's it. We're just that's all we're trying to do, and it's you know we don't know where it's going to take us. We don't know what it's going to do, but we do know that we want to play. We want to have fun. We want to put on good shows, and we do have the necessary con. We do have the necessary things we do to to get to where we were. You know, Warp Tour, like I said, is going to be a you know something that. If Kevin Lyman is doing three shows a year, we just we have to basically show them activity so that he can put us on there. You know, I'm friends with a lot of the bigger bands, um, you know, and everybody just they want to see activity. They want to see us doing our thing and making sure that, you know, we're putting quality because you got to be pro, man. You know, you can. Oh, yeah, of course. You can't be small time. You have to have that big time mentality and mindset like that. That's all there is to it. Yeah, that's it. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I appreciate Thanks for having me on, man. It's cool. Yeah, dude, of course. I'm so happy that you agreed to come on. Like I said, I've been a fan ever since 2009 when I don't remember who came up to me in that parking lot. But I got that CD and I've been a fan ever since. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. And uh, of course, as far as uh, uh, from the garage to your speakers, you know, we're we're working on getting all these things cleaned up. You know, we have control over our music. Thank God. Cause thank some bands- God, dude. Yeah, you know how that can go. And Dude, that can, like, that can get super messy really fast. I, you, you heard about Mike Posner? Yep. You heard that whole story with him and uh, and that record. They shelved his album. He had to give... You know, some of those songs he gave away to Justin Bieber became hits. Really? Uh, I, think like, just, oh. I think the last time I heard of him was... Uh, what was that one huge song that he went out of? Uh, think You're Cooler Than Me. Like where you could yeah, hear him breathe was... in between every line, too. That was so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you could hear him every line just, you think you're cooler than me. <gasps> <laughs> Mike Posner. Anyway, but, um, yeah, that's it, man. We'll, we'll uh, you know, we'll hopefully everyone, you know, we can start getting back into it and we can really, you know, just play some fun stuff and play with some cool bands and get out there and do our thing and release a new album and get new fans and new merch, new stickers, all with our, you know, with our owl. Our owl. Yeah, I, I do like the owl logo. Because it's definitely different than the logo that's on the physical copy I have of Pop Drunk. Yeah. Um, I think it, the physical copy has you, your brother, and the drummer on it, and that was it. Yeah. Again, these little choices weren't exactly ours, so... You yeah, of course, you guys, are, you guys were assigned at the time, so not every choice was exactly. yours to make. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's... Alrighty, man. Have a good one. I will send you some contact info for one of the promoters down here that who's been booking a lot of the big shows. Oh man, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll get in touch with you about stuff like that. All right, later, man. Have a good one. Right. Everyone who's anyone who listens, thanks for uh, listening and check out our band, Cold Forty Three. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> it, it is the best. <laughs> All right, later, guys. Be safe and enjoy your night. All right, man. Appreciate it, brother. Mm-hmm.